Yoki. Brought this on yourself, Rick. See, I was willing to work with you. All you had to do was follow a few very simple rules. Now, well, now I see that you've got to go. Scorched Earth, you dick! He's not home. Oh, holy shit! Everybody hold your fire, it's calm. The following episode of the Walking Dead podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. It's The Walking Dead Podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is The Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to The Walking Dead television show on AMC and the Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. So sit back, relax, and join the herd. And the only thing we gotta do is kill every last one of them. And hell followed with him. And welcome back to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and here with me, as always, is Mr. Gary, although we are not always here. He is always yeah. here when I'm here, unless he's not. But we are back, both of us recently returning from an extended stay in the Phantom Zone, just like Bal-El, Gary. Oh, you're under that Krypton show, huh? I watched the pilot. What'd you think? I... I it, I was invested in giving it a shot, but it was a rough 15 minutes getting through the first 15 minutes because I'm like, this just isn't that interesting to me. And the whole time traveler thing, that's been done. Yeah. Um, but after all in all, I uh, I enjoyed it. Will you eventually watch any more? Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. four episodes so far. I may watch it because I imagine that it's probably one of those shows that's in very serious consideration for not going past season one. Yeah. Well, I looked at the ratings. I mean, it had barely a million viewers. Oh, that's sad. And it slipped down. It's like eight 800,000 viewers an episode. I can't imagine how yeah. that survives. Even for sci-fi, that's sad. 
Yeah, I don't see how that survives. So, so anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no. Just thought I'd go on a Krypton tangent. I guess the um. Since I haven't talked just, to you about it before. Yeah, me neither. But uh, the um, I guess with the DVR viewers, mm-hmm. it's almost three million viewers for the first episode and two okay. and a half the second. So well, it that, does a little better. That that is probably what keeps these shows on. Nobody's probably. Wa- a lot of people aren't watching them when they're on. Because I be honest, I just watched it last week. It was on like a month ago. Yeah. But I think there has to be a new calculation on this. Um, do they met what's the residual income they can get from streaming services archiving it? Like uh, a great example of a show that's almost got like a second life now mm. is West Wing. Hmm. And largely because of the work of the guys who do the West Wing weekly podcast. So, uh, well, speaking of lower ratings, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> This is episode 210 of the podcast, but first, the sanctified boilerplate. As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com and say, Stop the tangents! Please! <laughs> or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash walking dead podcast, which Gary very dutifully keeps updated. Thank you, Gary. I try to. You're welcome. You can also give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-501-1143 and let us know what's on your walking dead mind. Again, that's 561-501-1143. Please call if you have something you want to say because it really does add a lot to the show. Absolutely. All right, well, now on to the main event, a review of Season 9, Episodes 13 through 16, (laughs) which are in order. Do not send us astray. Still got to mean something. Worth and wrath. Because you have to have two episodes with the same letter starting at the end there. <laughs> As a group, Gary. Mm-hmm have generally positive feelings about these episodes. There were several segments I thought were good, mixed in, unfortunately, with a number of segments I think are part of why my affinity for the show has decreased significantly. While I'm on that topic, this would be a good time to explain why Gary and I had to take a brief hiatus and for the first time recap four episodes at once. (laughs) We've done two before, but number four. Yeah. Last time I did a bunch was... the the pilot episode of the walking dead report where we did like half a season. Oh, wow. Cause we were starting, we started the podcast on season four, episode nine. So we wanted to recap what had happened before we did that. So, mm. and look what happened to that podcast. Anyway, <clears throat> unless one does this and by this, I mean, do podcasting. It might not seem like much work. Two people come online, talk about their topics. That's all recorded. And then it gets posted. It seems easy enough. The thing is, the recording of the actual show is the easiest part of the process and the least time-consuming. It's like what I've learned in the film editing area. Mm. Um, the actual editing of the, the actual filming is the short is the thing that takes up the least amount of time for you. You come back and then edit it. It takes a lot longer than it took to actually film it. And this is even like, for example, we do some short form documentaries that are like 10 minutes long. Mm -hmm. It usually takes like 30 minutes, 35 minutes to edit that 10 minutes (laughs) to cut out all the cut marks and and reshots. And then you got to go and you do the transcripts. 
you know how when you press you you can turn captions on for oh yeah that you're watching that's all has to be manually edited you usually use a transcription program and then you manually edit well that takes like 45 minutes for a seven minute show yeah sometimes depending on the quality of the algorithm that's transcribing anyway my point is although every individually every podcast is a little different you still get these the processes primarily the same of what i outlined before i have some experience in radio from a few years ago and, and that at least in terms of the one hour show i used to moderate is 100 times easier than a podcast because a radio show does not include something that most podcasts include and that's editing mm. but the radio show just goes out and you just talk there's no post-production part of it so there i mean there may be in a radio a regular uh, a big radio program might have a post-production thing where they review what they did and so forth but there's no editing involved but just like in movies or tv which is, as I mentioned, a realm I also work in now, in order to provide a show that doesn't include every single mistake or retake, it's necessary to edit that stuff out. When we first started doing the show, it used to take me like four hours to edit a one-hour podcast. Uh And that time I was doing two. (laughs) This includes removing errors or pauses as well putting the intro and outro segments on, plus any added sound clips. Like that one right there. (laughs) All of which, including that one, are added in post-production. As opposed to the thump noise you just heard, which is Gary's knee hitting the table. I was just trying to give you material. Knee-jerk reaction. Recorded. (laughs) Well-financed operations have equipment like soundboards that allow one to add sounds in during the feed. The Dead Fans Talking Podcast was like this. I think probably the, the Deadcast is like this, too. But we're on a shoestring budget here, so all we utilize is Skype, which is free. And then we were utilizing Pamela, but there's problems with that. Mm. Um, Then I put in a sound editor. Sometimes people use GarageBand if they have Apple, or in my case, I use something called Magic's Music Maker, which is good. It's not the best, but it's good. Anyway, to make a long story short, it's still a significant time commitment to produce even a show like this that is more or less mainly to basics production-wise. Then there's also pre-production time, which is also at least 90 minutes a week, not including actually watching the show (laughs) or reading the graphic novel. Where we've been ending up in a bit of a conundrum is in finding the time to do the show at all. My personal situation is I work three jobs. One of which is my main job with the Miami-Dade County government. Another is a, as faculty chair and a professor of world history at a local college here in Miami. And then my third job is as the post-production supervisor at a small video production company that makes some of those documentaries I mentioned. They also do animated shorts and features like the one I've mentioned here several times, this movie Walt Before Mickey. And then they've got another stuff in the pipeline. I'm not involved with the feature films, but they do that. Gary also works full-time and is working on his graduate degree, and then there's all the other personal issues we both deal with. So, We've been getting into a bit of a conundrum, not unlike the one that eventually resulted five years ago in Josh and Irwin deciding not to do the show any longer. The show actually was basically over for the first half of season four until Gary, Dane, and I brought it back. And that's the last time you'll ever hear me mention Dane. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't mentioned Dane in a long time. I hope Dane is doing well. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yep, wherever he is. <laughs> so 
He's in the Batman verse somewhere. Somewhere out there. Yes, Gotham. So balancing those realities, we have been confronting the problem we've had before when we were doing our podcast, Gotham. We still enjoy the show, but the TV show, I mean, but did we enjoy it enough to devote the time to keep producing a weekly podcast? Unfortunately, with Gotham, we decided to shut it down so it wouldn't affect the Walking Dead podcast because we only have so many hours in the day. This particular hiatus began because I had work commitments I needed to focus on the first week. We didn't produce a show, and then later Gary had some commitments he had to focus on the following week. We discussed it further and decided to pause for another week and then regroup after the finale. But the fact remains, for both of us, our enjoyment of the show has significantly diminished. I've kind of mentioned that. This seems to be true for a lot of people in general as well. This show used to get between routinely 13 to 15 million viewers a week, and now they're mired in the mid-6 million range. Mm. And this is a drop of 2 million viewers between the first and second half of this season. They were like around eight, seven, eight before, and now they're down six. Gary and I have been discussing this a lot lately, and while we haven't decided anything yet, the fact remains our enjoyment of the show has decreased. Lately, we continue to watch every week only because we do this show, and that's become why sometimes we watch it at all. Yeah. <laughs> at the point when we watch it. I mean, I would watch it anyway. I just probably wouldn't watch it every week were i not doing the show i would probably do what i do with almost all the shows i watch and do a couple of binge sessions on my dvr or my phone Mm. to make a long story not quite so long (laughs) gary and i are deliberating on what to do with the show and how we want to move forward no decision has been reached at this point just wanted to let you all in on what we're thinking Mm -hmm. anything you want to say uh no i think that about sums it up but we're definitely, we are definitely interested in trying to keep something going for you guys, but at the same time, we also have to address Reality. what's going. Yeah, basically. Um, so we'll see, but we're definitely we're keeping you guys in mind, um, and ourselves, and we do like doing this together, but yeah. uh, we also have to think realistically about it. So we'll see what comes out of that, but. Uh, for now, I'm really excited to finish up this season and, yeah, you know, <laughs> wrap up this uh, whimper of an end here. Right, and and yeah, that's yeah, we'll get to that. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, that's what we're thinking. We haven't decided what we're gonna do. We're mm-hmm. probably going to take most of the hiatus period off. So at the very latest, we should be back in October. Yeah. But we may, if we have time. We may do uh, one or two episodes between now and then. So we'll see. We'll have to keep in mind. I don't want to promise anything. Yeah. In case we're unable to do it. So anyway, so on to the episode. Overall, as a group, as I mentioned, I had a generally positive view. As I said earlier, there were several segments I enjoyed, but also a number not so much. In the final analysis, I'm no closer to liking the show more than I was (laughs) at episode 13. Yeah. Which is the last one we did on the key. Anyway, launching right into it. Here's what I liked. (laughs) Finding out what Jadis did with Negan. I admit, I found this as an intriguing addition to the story. I knew she wasn't going to kill him. Obviously not. But I wasn't sure what she was going to do. As long as it didn't involve calling her friend Zed to come over on his chopper. (laughs) 
I was pretty sure I could handle whatever happened. <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> hey, yeah. Zed, a couple of spiders walked. <laughs> the spiders caught a couple of flies. <laughs> I don't really get what the entire point of that segment was, though, but it was interesting. Even the part where the helicopter shows up, which <laughs> I assume is the same helicopter that Rick saw a couple of episodes earlier, but just never mentioned to anybody. I would think if you're living in that environment and all of a sudden you see a helicopter, you'd be like, hey, oh, by the way, Michonne, I saw a helicopter back there. Yeah, what the shit? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I saw it. So I think the part I most liked about it is that we don't have to listen to Jada's talk like a drunk Jar Jar Binks anymore. Yay! And Pollyanna McIntosh, I must say, looks better dressed like a lumberjack than a member of the SS. <laughs> Much better. I agree. Yeah. Although I do think it's pretty amusing how she just, like, the random things that she left laying around with her prisoner, you know? It's like, yeah, what do you expect? I don't know what the hell that was about. <laughs> but I saw one review where they, said, where they said maybe she talked like... Uh, in such broken English because she had to save her brain power to be able to walk and breathe at the same time because that's how dumb she is. that <laughs> She would just leave out all this stuff. And I was just a, like, wow, that's pretty funny. A distinct possibility. Mm-hmm. So, I think the most interesting thing was Negan disclosing that he named the bat after his dead wife. Yeah. Of course, I already knew this, so it was only a surprise that they revealed it now or at all. I'm waiting for when they eventually reveal that he was a used car salesman. Before, which is what I've heard. Yeah. I think I read that on Wikipedia by accident, that he's a former used car salesman, which I'm like, that, that makes sense. Yeah, doesn't it? I like the battle at the hilltop. This is something yeah. I kind of liked and didn't like, but I'll talk about what I liked. It was well choreographed, especially when the hilltoppers opened up on Simon and the Saviors mm-hmm. from the second floor of the house. That's pretty much how it went down in the book, except that Negan is leading this attack, not Simon, which, of course, would be mainly because Simon doesn't exist in the comic book. Yeah. But the whole, and I kind of touch on it later, but the the dynamic of Negan leading it is much better than the dynamic of Simon leading it. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I thought in the book was better. The I normally like the adaptation that they do when in certain parameters, but, you know, it's well, a nuance. Yeah, it is nuanced. But what I liked about the um, the difference of seeing Simon lead it versus Negan is you got to see how poor of a tactician Simon is. Well, indeed. Where, you know, like you just think of – not you, but people in general just think of Negan as always just this, you know, guy that just likes to lean and give monologues and, you know, but he actually is a really good tactician and his coolness holds back the saviors. And yeah. really, he has this presence that just keeps them in line. Simon don't have that. <laughs> no, no. Um, it's too much like Trevor. Exactly. Yeah. And um, when the uh, when the lights go out, and he doesn't he doesn't instantly suspect something's up. You know, and they just keep yeah. going. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Neg- that happens to Negan in the in the comics, so it's probably better that they put that on Simon. Yeah, exactly. That it would keeps, fly, kind of yeah. work against. What you're characterizing, Negan is yep. a better guy, leader-wise. Yeah, I agree. That was just a cool little uh, dichotomy there. Yeah. 
Negan's biological warfare plan. Mm. I thought it was better executed on TV than in the book, and it seemed more dire on TV. And by this, I mean the result of it, where a lot of them just started turning all at once, and then people yeah. found themselves in a room full of a bunch of zombies. I loved that too, with the uh, the people that were sleeping, and the zombies just like crept into the house, yeah. you know. And it's like, it was so cool to see how dark that was it yeah. definitely played out better than in the book i never thought of it that way but yeah. once you said that i was like i have to speak up because that was true yeah i thought it, i thought it was really well done I, I did however think that rick and company figuring out that the weapons were dipped in smeg <laughs> was uh as quickly as they did was a little bit too convenient it's like they looked yeah. at it and go oh yes they're dipping it in walker guts <laughs> yep it took a little bit i guess they looked at it and jesus is like is that what i think it is <laughs> uh-oh I thought it worked overall. Yeah. So. Morgan and Rick go rogue. Mm. I love that they con that group of escapees into letting them loose only to take them all out later. And I, lo- I love that they're fighting alongside them to kill the, the walkers. And yep. then Morgan and Rick just like give a nod at each other and then waste the rest of them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I so like cool. It. Yes. And then the, the dying savior says, you know, especially after what happened with Morales. Yeah. Him. Fuck. <laughs> I love when that dying savior basically says, but you promised we could have, we could have lived after this. And Rick goes, well, I lied. <laughs> and it's like yeah. Morgan did that in this, in the finale. He, he, or see, there's a finale one before. I think it was a finale where they, yeah, they blast the guys that Negan sent to be sacrificed. And there's one left who's like trying to surrender. And Morgan just sh- uh, right away, just shoves his stick through the guy's neck. Yep. Or through the guy's chest. Yeah, that was cool. I, I, I liked that. I thought that was good. Fuck him. I liked yeah. Jesus' thing. Like, why didn't you use the sharp end of the stick yeah, he, no, for the, the bad guys? Here's how and you the can work this the out. stick for the good guys. Like, you can work this out. You can use this end for the walkers, and you can yeah, use the other end for people. And I would be like, how about the end I'm going to shove up your ass? <laughs> and you'll get in the zombie end. Which, which end would you like, Jesus? <laughs> Um, I really like the death of that savior asshole that killed the kid at the kingdom. I don't remember what his name was. Jared, I think. Yeah, the, was he the, the one that got his hair. face? I don't remember. But he uh, he died. That's all I remember. I think uh, it was the one that had that like really gruesome scene of the walkers like eating his cheek off and like biting his eye and stuff. Like you actually got to see like that. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Yeah. And I'm glad it was his bell. <laughs> He became lunch. He's a dick. Now he's lunch, fucker. <laughs> um, the Simon Negan death battle. Yes. I mean, I mean, we all know how that was going to turn out. No surprise there, but it was good to watch my man Stephen Ogg go out fighting. <laughs> but it was equally cool to watch Negan outmaneuver him in that whole thing where he, he yeah. knew right away that he was a traitor, and then he yep. he blasted his co-conspirators right there. That was cool. Uh, the whole thing was capped by a great line by Negan as he's referring to Simon after he kills him. And he says, after he crushes the guy's windpipe. Yeah. And it's interesting. I had the captions on because sometimes they talk and I can't understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a right before Simon hits him. He says uh, a uh, appreciative enclave. Thanks you. And then he punches him. But as he's saying as he's about to hit him, I couldn't really understand what he was saying. Oh, yeah. But um, I had the I had the caption still on, and it says, "As he's crushing the windpipe, it says windpipe crushed." 
<laughs> I love that when he walks away and he says, uh, "What an asshole!" <laughs> then get Simon after because what an asshole. So, Eugene's moment of redemption. Fully admit that I can't stand the character, especially that stupid way he talks. <laughs> but the fact that he was just marking his time until he stab his sabotage bullets would explode. And the weapons of the saviors was something I did not see coming until right before it did. Yes. Just before they were about to start shooting, they kept focusing on him, and I'm like, I don't know how they're gonna get out of that. The saviors have the high ground. Mm-hmm. They're all bunched up in there. It'll take like two seconds to mow them all down. How are they gonna get out of it? And I was also thinking, I don't know how in the hell Eugene's gonna make it up and get back in their good graces. And then they kept focusing on his face, and I'm like. <gasps> He sabotaged the bullets. Yep. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't expect it to be so visually satisfying. Like, when the bullets all exploded, I thought they were sniped at by, like, some other force, but, like, people that Rick had sent up on other areas or the oh, yeah. girls from Oceana. Mm-hmm. But it was the bullets exploding and the guns. I thought that was amazing the way they filmed it. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, and so I know this is this is how he got back in the good graces. And of course, I love the scene at the end where Rosita punches him. For yeah, puke, for the puking on her face. Yeah. I gotta say, I thought that puke tactic, the puke spew, was a, was a, an ingenious <laughs> tactic. I wouldn't have thought of that. I just like he's. I don't know. I thought he was gonna do it to attract walkers over there, but I didn't know he was That's gonna what do I it. And turn around and then spew all over her, and she just stood there after he was done. She's like. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I I thought it was good, and then he was so convincing because he thought they didn't even realize what he was doing. So I, I like, you know, the way in which it was filmed. I said was very gratifying, and I take back every bad thing I've said about Eugene for now. <laughs> well, that's what I loved about it the most was they, they set up a lot of things this season that played out after yeah. time. Yeah. This was one of the few that really worked for me because the whole season we were all talking about how much we hated him. Yeah. How there's no way he was going to come back to the group because, you know, he was legitimately playing the part of full on douchebag. Like he looked like he was just embracing the savior way of life. Oh, yeah. And refuted every argument and stopped himself from being saved several times. And instead of explaining himself, he kept it secret so that they wouldn't, you know come to try and rescue him and he could do it himself and it's just really but there would be no way that anybody would find out yeah exactly very cool like i was that was one that could yeah nobody could inadvertently give it away yeah yeah dwight had no idea yep none of them knew yeah the good side or the bad side no one had any idea that was really cool yep all right well now what i didn't like it's not (laughs) as much as you might think but um, this is just a personal thing. Constant references to Carl thinking that there can be true peace between Rick and Negan. Uh, this represents such a departure from the book, Carl, who still wants to kill Negan two years after all this is over. <laughs> I mean, he sits there and talks to him all the time, but he wants to kill him. Because Negan asks him, do you still want to kill me? And, and Carl's like, of course. In fact, at the end of the story in the book, Carl sneaks into the infirmary where Negan is recovering and is about to kill him when yeah. Rick arrives just in time to stop him. Yep. I just found that entire subplot to be a little annoying, but I realize also that there would ha- not have been a effective device to get to the place where we got with Rick at the end when I'm sparing Negan's life, which happens in the book as well. 
without Carl being the catalyst for that. Mm. I'm not really clear why Negan suddenly paused on the TV show. Yeah. In the book, Rick is trying to sell him on they could create this new civilization with commerce, and Negan stops, and it's a little bit unrealistic, I, I realize. And Negan's like, you know, I may have been approaching this all wrong. And then Rick's like, yeah, of course, and then slits his throat. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember how Rick gets there about not wanting to kill him other than philosophical development in the book, but I don't know. I think probably for TV they did it about as well as they could. So Yeah, um, they tried. They, yeah, they changed and eliminated a lot of Rick's role in the Simons battle at the hilltop. Um, in the book, a very good suspense element is introduced when Dwight shoots Rick in the ass with a crossbow bolt. <laughs> and throughout the entire story in the book, it's never really clear if Dwight is playing them or not. You just yeah. never know. Far more than it is on TV, where really there's never any doubt in our minds that Dwight is committed to getting rid of Negan. Um, it's pretty clear that he's helping Rick. But in, in the book it's not clear at all and when rick gets shot he's like that fucker's been playing us and then for so they were doing it every two weeks then for this mm-hmm. particular story and so you have to wait two weeks to find out if dwight shot him with a smeg covered bolt or a regular one yeah because you know he shot him because negan told him to shoot him but you don't know if he shot him and negan wanted him to shoot him with a smeg colored bolt mm-hmm colored covered (laughs) so in fact negan is so convinced by it he thinks rick is dead until rick shows up at the gate and negan only then realizes that dwight was playing him yeah i don't like the fact that he figured dwight out so you know before the very end i don't like that yeah me neither dwight is a bit different than the dwight in the book um in any event <laughs> she agrees even, even the dog agrees yeah. yeah on tv they kind of adapted all of that into terror which did not even remotely have the same impact no he it didn't. shoots terror and then we're wondering if terror is going to turn like i care <laughs> well anyway. i mean they did they did try the story kind of you know that try it. they they kind of paid homage i guess to it with the Terra thing, even though we don't care about Terra nearly as much. No. And it wasn't played out as long. Yeah, we're all. And it wasn't played out as long, and it didn't happen to, like, show Dwight to Negan, you know, to uh, yeah. show his betrayal. But I think the cool thing about it was they did have a little bit of Dwight in the gray area. Um, like, he could have killed Simon easily, but he didn't. Um, um, you know, the, I the, didn't see it that way. That's how I saw it. But like, I mean, I don't know. There was other things he could have done. But yes, you're right. It was very much more straightforward that he was well, on Rick's side. On I this think. One. I think that. Yeah, I think that, and he may have decided to k- try and kill Dwight uh, Simon later. Mm. But he wasn't. He, he thought Negan might be dead, or he thought he might still come back. So that that can explain why he didn't try and take out Simon. Um, because he would need Simon to take out Negan, which is the only reason he even considered turning against Negan in the first place. Yeah. 
but he never seemed to quite recover his confidence. So I don't know. But finally, the point I didn't like the most was the resolution <laughs> of the entire thing. At points, it seems this entire conflict was only kind of based on the book resolution, which is okay as a TV adaptation should be different, but the battle with Rick is actually quite underwhelming on TV. Yeah, it is. The battle between Rick and Negan at the end, I mean, it's very short and it's pretty underwhelming. Negan actually keeps fighting. In the book, Negan actually keeps fighting after Rick slits his throat. And that's how he, Rick's leg gets all screwed up and he has to walk with a cane because Negan breaks his ankle. That plus the scene at the end does not include Michonne at all, but instead it's just Rick telling Negan he's going to rot in a jail cell. And then finally the last scene, which of course you can't do on network TV, mm. is how the issue ends. The issue of the comic book, I mean. Yeah. Just before Rick leaves the infirmary, he tells Negan, you're totally fucked. Which, of course, they can't do on TV. And they won't do a special thing either because the context and the, the, what they're talking about is completely different. Yeah. A far better way to end the story would have been that way than Rick and little Carl taking a walk <laughs> up, apparently, the other dirt road in Georgia. <laughs> so, you know, I don't understand why they did it any more than I understand why my spell check on Word keeps changing Rick to Rock. <laughs> in my notes or maybe actually it's me hitting O because they're right next to each other the keys so, <laughs> but I'm just going to blame it on spell check rather than me bumping the wrong key well anyway that's what I didn't like um, I have one more point to add in sure. and it kind of touches on a lot of the stuff you talked about I feel like the biggest negative of this season is it was just too long mm -hmm. I think they really could have done the same story done it tighter and a little less sloppy and had it in like 10 to 12 episodes yeah and it could have really been an exciting thrilling all-out war that they promised us but instead there was a few handful of really intense war segments spread throughout 16 episodes and then just a lot of talking and filler it felt like you know and not a ton of development yeah um stuff was just stretched out way too long and there was a handful of things that we really felt that payoff like with eugene yeah but for the most part, it just kind of felt sloppy. Well, um, they, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Some places, yes. And they would have been neat if they made it like 12 issues, uh, 12 episodes, mm -hmm. like it's 12 issues. In the, yeah. In the, it was 12 issues in the book. They could have made it into 12 episodes. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, my last thing I'm going to say is well, judging by Morgan's appearance on the season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead, which apparently came was aired right after the walking dead ended uh, and they've actually got the first two episodes of season four of the walking of fear the walking dead up on amc premiere oh wow um looks like garrett dillahunt is in uh in the beginning really yep he's hmm. a character in the first episode which is called uh what's your story hmm so, but judging by Morgan's appearance on this, I guess that confirms that Morgan is off the main show. I mean, the Either that, or we'll be spending more time at the junkyard. <laughs> well, the beginning, the beginning of it, of Fear the Walking Dead, and I only watched like the first five or six minutes, where Garrett Dillhunt plays a guy who's like a cowboy. Mm -hmm. He's out in the field by the woods with his vehicle, and he's got a fire going, 
and he hears a noise and he starts talking to this person because he's been alone for a long time and mentions it's been a year now and he does this whole long um, soliloquy about being alone and and so forth and then um, just as this zombie emerges from the woods he shoots it like in this really cool gunslinger type action yeah and he shoots the zombie and it falls and right behind him is morgan getting ready to stab him with his stick which of course is just you know morgan would have been shot too (laughs) yeah so and then the next when they go into the when they go into the main body of the episode it's now with morgan at the junkyard and somebody's knocking on the crate that gets into the interior, and it's Jesus come to visit. Huh. So I imagine that's it's sort of like when they do a spinoff, they have a segment from the old show, and then they. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't watched any else of it, but it looks pretty interesting. So I might, I might go ahead and do that before I watch season three again. Yeah, or, or I don't know. All. I'm not or sure how all. I'm going to do that. Or <laughs> <don't>... at all. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to try to catch up on Fear first or just start with the new stuff because I do want to see how Morgan plays into it and if that's any good. Yeah. I'm going to – I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll watch some of it at some point. I know that. <laughs> I got too much shit to catch up on, so yeah. I may not get to it at all. Who knows? Good point. So <laughs> anyway, that's all I have. Okay. So we will again continue to deliberate, but it is – we may do an episode here or there, but more than likely we won't be back until season nine of Walking Dead starts, which will be in October. So um, on behalf of myself and Gary, have a good summer and early fall. Indeed. And we hope to be back then with regular episodes. But uh, we will cross that bridge at that time. Indeed. So. That's it for this week and this season. Thanks for you all. Thank you all for joining us for this season. And uh, if you have any comments, leave them at the places indicated before. And it's never been a better time to be sure I'm what nerd. you want to do. That too. <laughs> that too. So stay safe wherever you are, wherever you may be, and we'll see you back here hopefully for our next episode in October. Take care. Hike. Hike. Ike. And we thank all of you for not being here today and not having this meeting with me or, or being seen on your way out. That's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Please check out our website for all the latest news and updates at thewalkingdeadpodcast.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at TWD Podcast. If you like the show, let us know what you think. You can email comments and feedback to TWDPodcast at gmail.com, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. You can also post comments on our website and Facebook page. The Walking Dead Podcast can be heard at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbean.com, and SoundCloud. If you're an Android user, you can also download a dedicated Android app at playerfm.com and the Google Store. Please help support The Walking Dead Podcast by visiting our sponsor, audible.com, and signing up for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. Many of our sound effects are provided courtesy of free SFX. 
please check them out for all your sound effects needs at www.freesfx.co.uk. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here for the next episode of The Walking Dead Podcast.